All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. They are no longer the unbeatable Bruins. What a comeback. What a game. What a big two points for the Edmonton Oilers. Let's get into it with the lead. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. Coming live from the Sports Closet studio. Check them out online, sportscloset.ca. What a big win for the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers Nation every day. Streaming live on the Nation Network YouTube, where Toby B has the first comment. Awesome game last night. Great team effort. And it definitely was. We will break it all down with our three big things brought to you by AMA Travel in just a second here. Um, But that was just really, I mean, one of the more unique wins of the Oilers season for a for a handful of reasons, and we'll break it all down because it looked grim there for a little bit. Before I get into the three big things, that comeback victory, we talked about the significance of, or sorry, the statistical significance, I guess you could say, of this thing on yesterday's show. The Bruins win leading after 20 minutes of play. We're 28-0-1. The Bruins win leading after 40 minutes of play. We're 35-0-2. They had never lost in regulation this season when leading after one or two periods. The Oilers changed that yesterday. And Les, I know you already made the joke in the chat about my tweet yesterday. And at the end of the first period, I I tweeted, I said, absolute right off of a night for the Edmonton Oilers. And it ended up being, well, anything but that. But let's go back to that first period a little bit and look at what we saw. It was an Oilers team that honestly did not, 
They played good in the opening 20. They didn't get a break. In fact, they got two bad breaks. The officiating and the refs looked like they did not want to call anything on the Boston Bruins. So I looked at a first period where it was like, yeah, there was like 10 minutes where the Oilers really dominated the Bruins. But you're down 2 nothing to a team that does not cough up leads, who didn't have their best stuff in the first period. And I just thought, hey, the Oilers aren't going to win this hockey game because the Bruins don't blow leads. They rarely play back-to-back bad periods or two bad periods in a game. Things weren't looking great for the Edmonton Oilers, but they managed to turn on the Jets and come back to win that hockey game. The big storyline was almost Connor McDavid late in that hockey game, and not for any sort of good reasons. McDavid, with one of his quieter nights so far this season, did not register a point in that hockey game, but then he and Derek Ryan collide just outside of the Oilers' blue line, and McDavid, as you're about to see on the replay, and I'm sure a bunch of you don't want to see this thing at all, McDavid grabs his knee, looks to be in some considerable pain. Liam, what was your reaction when you saw that? I think I almost cried, to be honest, Tyler. It was quite a terrifying scene. It was like any horror movie, you know, when the big scary guy jumps out. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not ideal, especially on friendly fire too. But yeah. it was kind of funny when Boston was cycling around the zone there on that play. I was just looking at the bench to see if he was going down the tunnel. And luckily that did not happen. So they said he was on the ice this morning. So we can all uh, we can all take breaths again. Yeah, I really uh, did not care what was going on in the offensive zone there. I'm with you. And when he came out to uh, play the final, whatever it was, minute of that game or 60 seconds of the final 90, whatever it was. When McDavid was back on the ice buzzing around, it felt good. And you're just hoping he's not waking up this morning too sore or nothing too serious is going on with McDavid. The team did skate today in Boston or sorry, in Toronto, which is where they'll be tomorrow night. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about or go in depth on what happened last night with our three big things brought to you by AMA Travel. I am heading to the airport in about 40 minutes. So this show is going to be a little bit shorter than usual because it's nation vacation time. We're heading out to Toronto. It's going to be a good time. It is going to be a great time. We got a suite for tomorrow night's game. Going to be rooting on the Oilers as they look for another win against a high-end Eastern Conference opponent. Let's talk about the 3-2 victory last night, though. Liam, I'll be honest. The Oilers were kind of sloppy in that hockey game. They turned on the Jets for like these little three-minute spurts, I felt like. But on for the night as a whole, there were really bad turnovers. There were a lot of plays where they had possession in the offensive zone and then couldn't hold the blue line, fumbled the puck at the blue line, couldn't complete an eight-foot pass. Like There were stretches in that game that were ugly for the Oilers. Yeah, it was pretty bad for, for most of the game, to be honest. But they managed to find a way in the third period and when it really, really mattered. and. You you know, after that first period goal where they scored right at the end there, the buzzer beater, felt like a bit of a backbreaker and they did have a goal disallowed to Boston from David Kreischer for the offside too. But yeah, it wasn't the Oilers' like best performance in the world. I don't think it was their worst by any means, but it's, it's quite amazing that they were able to come out with two points after against one of the top teams in the league after playing the way they did for most of the game. Guitar Maniacs, Pointless McDavid, A pointless McDavid win is more impressive than a five-point McDavid win. And yeah, they needed their depth players to come through. More on that in just a second. They really just had to grind that one out. And what I liked was, heading into big thing number two, the bounce back from Stuart Skinner. That first period was not his best period. Uh, He gave up the goal to Marchand, which he certainly would want back, although that's a pretty good player coming down the wing at you. But he got a lot of it, couldn't keep it out, and then 
late in the period. It's kind of become a thing with Skinner or kind of has been a thing with Stuart Skinner where he just, he's not great at playing the puck. We saw this a little bit in like, I remember that game against Detroit where he fumbled it. Like he's had some rough moments playing the puck and that was certainly one of them. I will also say there were a couple of defensemen who could have done a better job of communicating with Stuart Skinner. I would say there was a centerman on the ice and Ryan McLeod who probably should have noticed the fact that a 40-plus goal guy in David Pasternak was standing all alone there. And then there's also some bad luck on that play. The puck crosses the line with 0.3 seconds left. Like that, that very easily could have not been a goal, and we're not even talking about a poor first period from Stuart Skinner. So where I'll go with it is that he bounced back in an unbelievable fashion. I believe he stopped 17 shots in the final two periods, a couple of really difficult saves as well. The Oilers' number one goalie was a big reason why they won that hockey game. Yeah, it just kind of shows where he's at mentally right now, I think, that he's able to just bounce back after the two goals that he allowed, which weren't ideal. Obviously, both of them kind of went right through him. It was also that game against New Jersey, I think it was, where he came out to play the puck and put it right on. I think it was Dawson Mercer's stick or something right like that, too. So. Maybe uh, maybe stay in the net a little bit more, Stu. But overall, like he, I feel very confident when Skinner's between the pipes. Other than like other goalies we've had the last couple of years, he feels feels like he's just able to bounce back from anything, and that just shows how good of a goaltender he truly is. So yeah, I think like you said, Tyler is the other's number one, and I don't think it's even a debate, and I don't think it really has been for most of the season, to be honest. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, it really should have never been a debate. I mean, even when Campbell started to play better, I, I think the number one guy should have always been Stuart Skinner. His numbers have been consistent. He's been solid for the bulk of the season, save like a one-week stretch. And Skinner is a big reason why they got a big two points tonight. Number three, it's depth, baby. That Oilers' bottom six is cruising along in a remarkable fashion. And it's your boy, Devin Shore, Liam, who is leading the charge in some aspects. That fourth line has been incredible in back-to-back games. They outshot and outscored the Bruins when all three of them were on the ice at the same time. There were long, long stretches where they were just rifling the puck around the zone and had the Bruins' top line hemmed in 
Like they weren't playing fourth line on fourth line matchups. It was fourth line on top line, and they managed to outplay them for the bulk of that hockey game. You get a look there at the Ryan McLeod goal that tied up the game in the third period. (laughs) This team has legitimate depth. We talked about it at the jump uh, heading into the season. Early in the year, it maybe wasn't there, but this is the Edmonton Oilers forward group that we were kind of promised in the offseason. They are dangerous lines one through four and showed it last night. Yeah, and that fourth line, like you said, it was very good against the top line. Like Brad Marchand finished minus two last night, and he had a goal on five on five. So it kind of shows why they were against him with the depth score and the others had. But that fourth line, like it seems to be Derek Ryan and Devin Shaw. It doesn't matter who's playing with them at the moment. If it's been costing, it was Paul Yavi for a little bit. And last night, it was McLeod. They're able to to produce and have a positive impact on the team on a nightly basis. And that's huge. And even Warren Fogel, like I made fun of him last night for the breakaway chance that he blew. He almost put that one back in Edmonton with how far he missed in that. But at least the opportunities are there and he's able to create stuff. He was buzzing last night too. So yeah, like it's kind of coming together at a perfect time. Like obviously all 82 games are very important, but as long as you kind of are able to figure it out towards the end of the season or as the season goes on, which you always have found a way to do, then yeah, I'm I'm very happy with everything's going. And we had this debate yesterday and I think maybe even a day before. Like you always have 13 forwards now who can legitimately be in the lineup every single night. And it's a difficult decision that Jay Woodcroft has to make. And it's it's a good positive one too, for that matter. So I'm curious to see where Clem Costin maybe slides back in eventually when he comes in. I'm not sure where you do it, but we'll see. Devin Shaw is definitely giving himself a case to be in the lineup every single night at the moment. Yeah, and that's actually going to be the interesting part for the game tomorrow against the Bruins as well. As we wrap up our three big things for AMA travel, check them out. They can make your summer vacations a whole heck of a lot easier to plan and execute. Loved doing uh, my summer plans with them. I don't know what Jay Woodcock's going to do with this lineup tomorrow against the Toronto Mm. Maple Leafs because I don't think you can take Devin Shore out, Liam. He's playing way too good. That fourth line is playing way too good. I think Clem Costin is just unfortunately because I love the player and I think he's really impactful when he's in the lineup. He's going to have to sit for a little bit and wait for either someone to get hurt or someone to cool off because you can't break up any part of this bottom six right now. Yanmark was even good last game. Yeah, Yamak was pretty noticeable. I know yesterday on After Dark, a lot of people were calling for Kylie Yamamoto to leave the lineup, and I'm just not on that train at all. I don't, I wouldn't touch the 12 forwards at the moment. But as for the blue line, like, I think I would maybe rotate Broberg back in. And you mentioned it last night, too. And I completely agree. The Leafs play with a lot of speed. Can Dehanay, like, keep up with all of that? I know he played against them the other week, too, but now you're, you're being matched up against because you they obviously have the change advantage. So, yeah, I think I'm on the, the train of maybe bringing in a Broberg to and maybe flip over a Kulak, I suppose, to the other side. But the top four was really good last night. And I'm not saying Dayane hasn't been good, but I would bring in Broberg. Yeah, I think, I think Vinny, there's nothing wrong with giving a guy a night off. And you don't want Broberg sitting for all that long either. And if you don't play him coming up, it'd be north of a week that he's been out of the lineup. I, I want Broberg playing. Also, there's probably going to be a point where you need Kulak to flip over to his offside. Might as well try it out at some point. Also, the Brew or the Leafs skate really well, right? That's a fast-paced hockey team. Broberg moves a little bit better than Vinny DeHarnay, so I don't see a problem with making that swap for the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs either. Uh, 
you know, again, it's not even like I'm sitting here saying Vinny needs to come out. He doesn't. He's a good quality NHL defenseman, which is wild considering what his value was 12 months ago, six months ago, four months ago. This guy was an afterthought for a lot of fans. And I know the organization was always really high on him, but um, I, I see no problem with just a quick little swap in the lineup. Throw mm-hmm. Broberg in, take Vinny out for a game, give him a chance to look at the game from high above, get maybe a better player for the matchup tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, one piece of news we did get, and I believe this was via Tony Barrar down at the Oilers practice, is that uh, Stuart Skinner appeared to be in the starters net for their skate today. Uh, yeah, Tony did say that. Stuart Skinner in the starters net. So it sounds like he could get the call over Jack Campbell tomorrow. I uh, I wouldn't have minded going to Campbell just because I like the yep. narrative side of it. And it would have been really cool to see Jack kind of go head to head with his former team and maybe have like a turnaround kind of game. Um, but the Oilers are ultimately going to go with Stuart Skinner. So you can let me know how you're feeling about that over in the YouTube chat. Um, yeah, I I don't know. You go with I your best guy. You you want the two points, I guess. What's your th- what's your take, Liam? I think there's games where you can play Campbell. Like we had that mailbag question today, Tyler. I don't know if you looked at them, but like it was like, when do you play him next? I think it's probably five games you can get Campbell in, and they all come at very reasonable times. My next start would probably be Ottawa. I think it is on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then he sits for a couple of games, and he gets Arizona, and then there's other games too, like San Jose, Anaheim's in there, like. There's relatively softer games that if the Oilers, if Jack Campbell does allow four goals, for example, the Oilers should be able to outscore their problems in that game. So I just wouldn't run the risk of playing him against a top opponent unless something drastic happens, I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, the stream has apparently picked up. I like the people being like, these guys probably don't know how to use internet. Like we're not morons. Um, it's just a matter of the location of our office downtown leads us to sometimes have some inconsistent internet. Like we have been doing the show now for a while. The internet is good. Like, I don't know, 75% of the time. And it feels like once every fourth day we have to deal with a bit of a leg. Um, but I mean, the podcast it's like when, uh, sounds good. yeah, it's like when people put out that top 100 lists of something and there's one player that is in the wrong spot and it's, automatically the worst list in the world that's how our internet feels most of the time when it's like oh we could have 20 great shows in a row but boy oh boy if that 21st sucks you guys are no good anymore or is the internet bad because i'm streaming the players championship at the same time that i'm doing this show maybe that's the reason why uh but no my wi-fi my wi-fi is good down in the sports closet studio it's the office wi-fi we're working on it there's something about like fiber optic we're waiting for uh whoever the installer is, whoever the company is that does it, they're, they haven't done it yet in the office or the area where our office is. So it's coming. It's going to get better. It's just a, just a matter of us getting someone out to fix it or Starlink. I've heard we might do that as well. A bunch of possibilities, but we are working on the internet as you stick with us. And I think the audio always stays pretty fine. It's just our video rate that seems to mm-hmm. drop a little bit. So just pretend it's a radio show. Just do put a different browser up and don't watch us. Just listen to us. Uh, anyways, Oilers leaves tomorrow night. I'm going to be in Toronto as part of the nation vacation. There'll be good Wi-Fi in Toronto for me. Um, but the playoff race is heating up for the Oilers. And thankfully, they finally got a little bit of help on the out-of-town scoreboard. Not a lot of help. The Lightning had to pull off a late comeback. It looked like maybe they were going to beat the Golden Knights and spoil that evening for Vegas. But Vegas came out 
with an overtime victory. Dallas put up 10 on the Buffalo Sabres. That was absolutely wild. Eric Comrie stayed in for all 10 goals as well. But the Ottawa Senators beat the Seattle Kraken. A big game. Granted, they almost blew it. They were up 3-0 early in that hockey game and then at one point trailed in the game 4-3, but the Senators finished the job and now the Oilers are tied with the Seattle Kraken. 80 points apiece. The Kraken do have one game in hand, but, and we've talked about this, this is important and you're going to want to know this if you're a fan of the Oilers, the number one tiebreaker is regulation wins. The Oilers own that tiebreaker over Seattle, LA, and Vegas, and it's not close. Edmonton has 34 regulation wins. Seattle has 30. LA has 28. Vegas has 28. All the Oilers need to do is be in a tie with those teams, and they will finish ahead of them in the standing. So they're tied with Seattle. I mentioned the game in hand, but that tiebreaker also works in the Oilers' favor a little bit. Edmonton 6-3-1 in their last 10. Seattle 6-4 in their last 10. LA 7-2-1. They've won five in a row. They are red hot right now. And Vegas is 6-2-2. Two, and two. At least the Oilers got a bit of help on the out-of-town scoreboard, Liam. But it's this race, like we're going to be pulling up that standings board Every single show from now until whatever, April 12th, when the season ends. It, I have a feeling there's only going to be like by the end of this thing, four points separating first from fourth in this division. I don't think anyone's going to like wildly pull away is my point. Yeah, I completely agree, Tyler. And I think for the Oilers, it's just going to come down to those divisional games, right? You just got to you just got to come out on the better side of when you play Vegas. I think they play Vegas twice, L.A. twice and Seattle one more time and then couple of games against the other teams in the division too but those are the more important ones and as long as you can kind of keep pace like i understand it's frustrating when vegas wins every time the Oilers win but as long as you keep winning and then you manage to get a victory over vegas as well you have the three you'll have a series lead over them on uh, head-to-head this season so yeah i'm uh i'm confident the Oilers can get it done i think that top two is somewhere i think we predicted a couple of weeks ago they could finish and i still believe in that spot for them too i mean vegas had jonathan quick and goal last night and the goals he were allowing weren't fantastic against tampa bay they just kind of outscored their problems so i think the Oilers should be able to surpass both those teams and it was funny too i was looking at the standards like oh the Oilers were pretty close to the top of the western conference the other week i wonder where they are and i looked and i saw oh they're in sixth and then you look and they're only two wins off the top. So it's the Western conference is, I know it's not as stacked as maybe the East, but it's very competitive. And uh, the Oilers are in a, a really good spot for where they want to be. I think Oilers also moved into second place in the NHL in regulation wins. Like when they win, they win. And it's wild to yeah. think they're second in regulation wins in the league at 34 and they're 12th in the league in points. It's, just, it's one of those things. And I know they have racked up quite a few OT losses as well. They just haven't relied on overtime victories and shootout victories the way some other teams have. But hey, two points is two points. Uh, as we head into the weekend, because tonight there's nothing going on in the NHL. I guess Anaheim's playing Calgary. So we're kind of rooting for the Ducks in that one. But let's be real. Even if the Flames win, this is their game in hand. They're still seven points back of the Oilers. And Edmonton has that Winnipeg Nash or that Winnipeg buffer in there as well so it's nothing overly concerning tomorrow i should say the out-of-town scoreboard is a little bit more interesting vegas is in carolina tough tough game winnipeg's in florida also a bit of a tough matchup there dallas and seattle go head-to-head so as long as that one doesn't go to overtime and the oilers take care of business they could be gaining points on one of those two teams and la is hosting nashville so same thing there There, there's a bit of a head-to-head 
I, you know, if they don't go to overtime, you're going to be happy with the result one way or the other in those games. You're probably rooting for Dallas, though, to beat Seattle. So you can try to jump ahead of them and get out of a wild card spot as soon as tomorrow night. So it'll be a fun, uh, fun Saturday around the NHL. I mean, get the second screens ready and get ready to just be absolutely dialed in to hockey for the entire night. Uh, Kyler's betting on the Ducks manifest. Sure. Why not? Desker says, let's be real. We lost to the Ducks, bro. And hey, that's fair. You could look back throughout the season and find a lot of nights where the Oilers let two points slip against bad teams, Liam. But that's the way things go. Like there's also now been games against the Bruins where you're like, hey, maybe we didn't deserve those two points, but you found a way to get it done. My other beef with the Bruins, how do the Oilers go six periods against a team and only get two power plays? That's a joke. Especially with some of the penalties they were getting to that Hampus Lindholm one where Evander Kane held him was like, okay, that, that is a bit of a wild reaction to what actually happened. And the amount of pick plays that were in there too, it was, it was pretty suspicious about what was going on. I don't think the Bruins played dirty by any means, but the way the Oilers play, like how do you go that long without we've only, yeah, what was it? Midway through the third period. I think they got one out late in the second, whatever it was, but it's just like, only had two power plays and they had they had five the first time the others played them. And however here's, many they had last night, maybe two or three, whatever it was, but it's just yeah. wild. Here's my kind of theory on it is you get a team like the Bruins. And remember back to like the LA Kings when they were the LA Kings, right? Like the Sutter coached Doughty, Brown, Kopitar and their prime LA Kings. They got away with murder. The Bruins, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's to that extent, but they get away with a lot of grabbing, a lot of hooking, a lot of things like that. And I think there's a little bit of a mental thing for NHL officials when you see a team who has the reputation of being hard to play against, right? Hard-nosed, will shut you down, do anything to stop the scoring chance. You see them commit an infraction and your first thought is almost, ah, they're playing hard. They're playing hard tonight Mm -hmm. and you want to let them go because you just think it's a team playing to their identity a little bit when their identity is a bit built around breaking the rules to some extent. So listen, there have been two penalties in the Oilers head to head again or two power plays for the Oilers in their head to head against the Bruins. I would argue the Bruins had five, six infractions. Like just as you watch the game, there's a lot of moments where you're like, that could have been called. That could have been called. And I'm not sitting here saying the refs are out to get the Oilers. There have been a lot of games this year where the Oilers have gotten a lot of calls and gotten away with Mm -hmm. a lot. It's the ebbs and flows of officiating in a season. I just think it's a trend in the NHL where these high-end teams who have the reputations of being stingy and hard to play against, the good teams seem to just get away with a bit more. And I think it's maybe it's a bit of a problem in the NHL. Les says, like Tampa as well. Yeah, man, Victor Hedman could get away with anything. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that really works, to be honest. But you're right. And Patrice Bergeron has all these Selkie awards while he's on the big bag Bruins as well. Yeah. Suspicious? Well, I mean, he's one of the best defensive players ever. (laughs) But I do think even he gets away with a ton. Ironically, he was the only Bruin who took a trip to the penalty box in last night's hockey game. So there you go. Hey, uh, our Betway bets from yesterday. Was Jay the only one who got it right? Yes, Jay got a victory. Oh. That is the first time that has happened this season. So there you have it. Well done, Jay. You you have two wins now. Thanks. And it's fair. He's the only one. He's the only one that believed the others could truly get that win last night by making the bet on it. So you'll have to see it. 
yeah, Jay finally uh, gained some ground here. And I'm sure, uh, oh, at least I'll be trying to make up for that tomorrow because I'll be <laughs> betting heavy because I'm in attendance at the game in Toronto. Uh, Oilers leaves tomorrow night at five o'clock. Let's check in on what you're all saying in the chat. Lance says, if I have to hear about Matthew's block shot stats, I'm going to drink. That is the thing. Like, I love that Frank Saravalli's really been the only mainstream media guy at like a national level to come out and say the truth. And it's that Austin Matthews has been wildly disappointing this season. He could heat up. He could have a great playoff run. But Leafs fans being like, you know, he's uh, just paying more attention to his defensive game and blocking shots. I don't want my star players blocking shots. I want them playing good defense, which Connor McDavid's also been doing really well this season. If you look at defensive metrics and things like that, McDavid's D game is fine. And he's not putting his body on the line and risking breaking a hand with a block shot. Matthews has been hurt for stretches this year as well. And his goal scoring is way down. If you asked Austin Matthews, if you said, hey, Austin, would you rather lead the NHL in goals or block shots? I have a funny feeling I know what his answer would be. And if you ask Leafs fans, honestly, which one they would prefer, you know what their answer would be. They'd rather have that guy scoring goals because that's what he gets paid north of $10 million to do. Matthews has been disappointing. Mitch Marner's been the MVP of that team so far this season and not to get into too much of a preview or my thoughts on the Leafs right now. I totally understand Oilers fans who are a little bit nauseated at the talk around Austin Matthews right now, because guess what? 12 months ago, Liam, we had to sit here and deal with so much love for this guy chasing 60 goals. Oh, he's going to get 60. McDavid's going to get 60 by his 70th game this season. Mm. And there has not been nearly as much hype about it on a national level. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I've I've done my best this year actually just to blank out the Toronto yep. Maple Leafs and whatever's going on there because it is quite quite annoying. But like you said, like it's it's quite disrespectful to Connor McDavid with what he's been able to do this season. Like there's been talks of seventy goals. Like I maybe that's a little tougher now, but it's within reach still and there's just not a lot of spark about it outside of the city, it feels like, which is which is wrong of the NHL, to be honest. The NHL should be the ones pushing this the most because he's the best player mm-hmm. in the league. And then we sit here and wonder why nobody watches the NHL. And then you look at the schedule tonight and there's two games on a Friday night. So it's just like, yeah, maybe figure that out, NHL. Yep. Uh, Scotty says, like Frank said, you can pay 750k to a player to block shots. I loved that line. Uh, Kenneth Mark Holland said, uh, did you guys flight get delayed? It did. I was supposed to be in Toronto doing this show, actually, but we don't fly out until like three o'clock now this afternoon. So I'm heading to the airport like ASAP here. We're going to wrap up the show in just a second. Uh, tomorrow's show, it's going to be an hour early. Okay. If you're listening right now, I want you to like acknowledge this in the chat for me. So I don't have a bunch of people tweeting me tomorrow being like, <laughs> why'd the show start an hour early? We got some meetings in Toronto. I need to do the show an hour early. We're going to go live at 11 a.m. Mountain Time tomorrow for Oilers Nation every day. Does the class, are we all good? Liam, you good? 11 a.m. tomorrow? I'm good. I, Actually, got it. I yeah. wrote it in the chat. So it was acknowledged. All right. Perfect. 11 a.m. tomorrow. 11 a.m. Aaron, producer Aaron, he says he's good to go as well. So uh, tomorrow's show is going to be an hour early. Um, so there you go. We're going to go live. Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day will be live in Toronto. And then you'll want to keep it locked on the socials to see how much fun we're having on a nation vacation brought to you by AMA Travel. Before we wrap up today, Liam, what do you like tonight from a Betway perspective? Hit that button, Aaron. Yeah. Well, there is not a lot going on in the NHL tonight. 
but I found a couple of good ones. Uh, the first one, if you want to flash him up here, Aaron, Taylor Radish over one and a half shots. Felt kind of nice to me. Minus 134. He's hitting three straight games. This guy is had a very good season. I know Tyler Mulek's been talking about him quite a bit, but yeah, I like I like that one. And then Travis Egress has hit a shot prop in three straight games at plus 120, over two and a half. So like I said, not a ton going on in the NHL tonight. So you're kind of picking up bones here, but those should do the trick. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I like just parlaying the two favorites on the money line. It gets you a pretty mm. decent run. I like that Taylor Radish bet he scored two. Yeah, that's a solid play. Uh, Blake Coleman is a shot prop I like for Calgary. He's hit it. He missed last game, but it hit it in five straight before that. So it's like a bit of a bounce back spot. The lines dropped down a little bit. So I like the Coleman shot prop tonight as well. And I would like Rory McElroy to start making some birdies. And I would like the uh, yes. projected cut line at the players to fall to plus two so Justin Thomas can make it. And uh, there you go. That's on my betting wish list for the rest of this afternoon here. I love watching golf on TV. I know people, they say it's like bore, as boring as watching paint dry. But we were watching... Nope. Um, we were watching yesterday at the office. I could sit there all day. If you gave me a beer in my hand, I could sit there all weekend and just watch golf on TV. It's the best, man. We got it. We got it on here at the office, Tyler. There's a, there's a few of us here right now, and we were all dialed in on the golf as soon as I got in today. So, yep, the, the golf vibes are real at Nation HQ today. Yes, uh, it's it's the best. Uh, airport beers. Yeah, I'm going to be consuming those in just a second. Lance wants to know if uh, he should text into TSN 1260 for or what question he, he should send into the radio station by one o'clock. I do need to actually pack because I have all the gear set up to do this show. I now need to pack it, leave to the airport and do a radio hit. So we're going to wrap up this show. Uh, shout out to our friends at Star Mechanical as well. Starmechanical.ca. They sponsor the guest line here on the show. If you need emergency service, 780-481. 8873 is the number you're going to want to call there. Also, Sports Closet, Sports Closet Studio coming on the road, heading out to TDOT for tomorrow's show. It'll be a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of Oilers Nation every day. At what time, everyone? Say it with me. 11 a.m. Mountain 11 Time. 11 Yes, we'll get set for the Oilers and Leafs game and get up to our usual self. Chat with everybody tomorrow at 11 a.m. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.